<clears throat> My dear devotees, welcome back to the daily readings of Srila Prabhupada's books. Right here in Hive, Kent, Southeast England, just near the English Channel. And of course we know, because I tell you every day, but Hive is translated into Anglo-Saxon as Haven. So somehow or other Krishna has brought us here and created a haven, a safe haven for those who want to hear the truth, who want to hear Shabda Brahma, who want to be able to keep their minds going in the right direction in spite of the world around us going in the wrong direction. <clears throat> this is the only way that we can take people in the right direction, if we're going in the right direction ourselves. We hope everybody's safe and sound. We have an honored guest today that we should all acknowledge, Dolmor Prabhu, the temple president of, of London Iskon, Soul Street Temple, Vadalamanishwara, is here. We thank him very much for coming. <coughs> Hare Krishna. Um, <coughs> so, Srimad Bhagavata Mahima Stotram uh, by Srila Sanatana Goswami who happened to receive the most instructions time-wise uh, than any other of his disciples. Uh, two months straight he instructed Srila Sanatana Goswami about the totality of Christian conscious philosophy and culture. And he wrote this in glorification of the Srimad Bhagavatam. Sarva Shastrabdipi Yusha, Sarva Vedaika Satpala, Sarva Siddhanta Ratnaja, Sarva Lokaika Drikprada. O nectar from the ocean of all scriptures, singular fruit of all the Vedas, rich mine of the precious gems of all conclusive truths, you are the only giver of sight to all the world. Sarva Bhagavata Prana, Srimad Bhagavata Prabho, Kali Ditya, Sri Krishna Paribartita. O life heir of all the Supreme Lord's devotees, O Master, Srimad Bhagavatam, you are the sun risen in the darkness of Kali. You are the exact image of Sri Krishna. Paramananda Pataya Prema Varshakshadayate Sarvadasavasevyaya Sri Krishnaya Namostume I bow down to you who are supremely blissful to read. Your every syllable pours down a flood of prema. You can always be served by everyone. You are Sri Krishna himself. Madeka bando matsangin madguro man mahadana manistadaga madbhagya mad ananda namostute My only friend, my constant companion, my spiritual master, my great wealth, my savior, my good fortune, my source of ecstasy, I bow down to you. Asadu sadutadayin Atini chochatakada hanamunchagadachin mam premnarit kandayokspura. O bestower of saintliness to the unsaintly, O exalter of the most fallen, please never leave me. Always appear in my heart and my voice with pure love. Om namo bhagavate vasudevaya. Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya So, we've reached, we've reached the seventh chapter of the first canto of Srimad Bhagavatam in which the story behind the uh, presentation of the Bhagavatam to Maharaj Prikshit from Shukadeva Goswami is described, the history. 
this this chapter is entitled entitled the son of drona punished and we start with text 13 and 14 when the respective warriors of both camps namely the Kauravas and the Pandavas, were killed on the battlefield of Kurukshetra, and the dead warriors obtained their deserved destinations. And when the son of Dhritarashtra fell down lamenting, his spine broken, being beaten by the club of Bhimasen, the son of Dronacharya, Ashwatthama, beheaded the five sleeping sons of Draupadi and delivered the heads as a prize to his master, foolishly thinking that he would be pleased. Duryodhana, however, dis disapproved of the heinous act and was not pleased in the least. Purport Transcendental topics of the activities of Lord Sri Krishna in the Srimad Bhagavatam begin from the end of the battle at Kurukshetra, where the Lord Himself spoke about Himself in the Bhagavad Gita. Therefore, both the Bhagavad Gita and Srimad Bhagavatam are transcendental topics of Lord Krishna. The Gita is Krishna Kata, or topics of Krishna because it is spoken by the Lord. And the Bhagavatam is also Krishna Kata because it is spoken about the Lord. Lord Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu wanted everyone to be informed of both Krishna Katas by his order. Lord, Lord Krishna Chaitanya is Krishna himself in the garb of a devotee of Krishna and therefore the versions of both Krishna, of both Lord Krishna and Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu are identical. Lord Chaitanya desired that all who are born in India seriously understand such Krishna Katas and then after full realization preach the transcendental message to everyone in all parts of the world. That will bring about the desired peace and prosperity of the stricken world. Text 15. <clears throat> Draupadi, the mother of the five children of the Pandavas, after hearing of the massacre of her sons, began to cry in distress with eyes full of tears. Trying to pacify her in her great loss, Arjuna spoke to her as, as uh, thus. Text 16. O gentle lady, when I present you with the head of that degraded Brahmana, after beheading him with arrows from my Gandiva bow, I shall then wipe the tears from your eyes and pacify you. Then, after burning your son's bodies, you may take your bath standing on his head. Purport. An enemy who sets fire to the house, administers poison, attacks all of a sudden with deadly weapons, plunders wealth, usurps agricultural fields, or entices one's wife, is called an aggressor. Such an aggressor, though he be a brahmana or a so-called son of a brahmana, has to be punished in all circumstances. When Arjuna promised to behead the aggressor named Ashwatthama, he knew, he knew well that Ashwatthama was the son of a brahmana. But because the so-called brahmana acted like a butcher, he was taken as such and there was no question of sin in killing such a brahmana's son who proved to be a villain. Text 17. Arjuna, who was guided by the infallible Lord 
as friend and driver, thus satisfied the dear lady by such statements. Then he dressed in armor and armed himself with furious weapons, and getting into his chariot, he set out to follow Ashwatthama, the son of his martial teacher. 18. Ashwatthama, the murderer of the princes, seeing from a great distance Arjuna coming at him with great speed, fled in his chariot, panic-stricken, just to save his life. As Brahma fled from Lord Shiva, in fear from Lord Shiva. Purport. According to the reading matter, either Kaha or Arkaha, there are two references in the Puranas. Kaha means Brahma, who once became allured by his daughter and began to follow her, which infuriated Shiva, who attacked Brahma with his trident. Brahmaji fled in fear of his life. As far as Arkaha is concerned, there is a reference in the Vamana Purana. There was a demon by the name Vidyunmali, who was gifted with a glowing golden airplane which traveled to the back of the sun, and night disappeared because of the glowing effulgence of this plane. Thus the sun god became angry, and with his virulent rays he melted the plain. This enraged Lord Shiva. Lord Shiva then attacked the sun god, who fled away, and at last fell down at Kashi, Varanasi, and the place became famous as Lolarka. Text 19. When the son of the Brahmana, Ashwatthama, saw that his horses were tired, he considered that there was no alternative for protection outside of his using the ultimate weapon, the Brahmastra, nuclear weapon. Purport. In the ultimate issue only, when there is no alternative, the nuclear weapon called the Brahmastra is applied. The word Dvijatmaja is significant here because Ashwatthama, although the son of Dronacharya, was not exactly a qualified Brahmana. The most intelligent man is, all, is called a Brahmana and it is not a hereditary title. Ashwatthama was also formally called a Brahmabandhu or a friend of a Brahmana. Being a friend of a Brahmana does not mean that one is a Brahmana by qualification. A friend or son of a Brahmana can, can be called a Brahmana when fully qualified and not otherwise. Since Ashwatthama's decision is immature, he is purposefully called herein the son of a Brahmana. Text 20. Since his life was in danger, he touched water in sanctity and concentrated upon the chanting of the hymns for throwing nuclear weapons. Although he did not know how to withdraw such weapons. Purport. The subtle forms of material activities are finer than gross methods of material manipulation. Such subtle forms of material activities are effected through purification of sound. The same method is adopted here by chanting hymns to, it, to act as nu nuclear weapons. Text 21. <clears throat> Thereupon, a glaring light spread in all directions. It was so fierce that Arjuna thought his own life in danger, and so he began to address Lord Sri Krishna. Text 22. Arjuna said, O my Lord Sri Krishna, 
You are the Almighty Personality of Godhead. There is no limit to your different energies. Therefore, only you are competent to instill, to instill fearlessness in the hearts of your devotees. Everyone in the flames of material miseries can find the path of liberation in you only. Purport Arjuna was aware of the transcendental qualities of Lord Sri Krishna as he had already experienced them during the Kurukshetra war in which both of them were present. Therefore, Arjuna's version of Lord Krishna is authoritative. Krishna is, is almighty and is especially the cause of fearlessness for the devotees. A devotee of the Lord is always fearless because of the protection given by the Lord. Material existence is something like a blazing fire in a forest, which can be extinguished by the mercy of the Lord, Sri Krishna. The spiritual master is the mercy representative of the Lord. Therefore, a person burning in the flames of material existence may receive the rains of mercy of the Lord through the transparent medium of the self-realized spiritual master. The spiritual master, by his words, can penetrate into the heart of the suffering person and inject knowledge, transcendental, which alone, <clears throat> which alone can extinguish the fire of material existence. Text 23 You are the original personality of Godhead who expand yourself all over the creations and are transcendental to material energy. You have cast away the effects of the material energy by dint of your spiritual potency. You are always situated in eternal bliss and transcendental knowledge. Purport The Lord states in the Bhagavad Gita that one who surrenders under the lotus feet of the Lord can get release from the clutches of nations. Krishna is just like the sun and maya or material existence is just like darkness. Wherever there is the light of the sun, darkness or ignorance is at, at once vanishes. The best means to get out of the world of ignorance is suggested here. The Lord is addressed herein as the original personality of Godhead. From Him, all other personalities of Godhead expand. The all-pervasive Lord Vishnu is Lord Krishna's plenary portion or expansion. The Lord expands Himself in innumerable forms of Godhead and living beings, along with His different energies. But Sri Krishna is the original primeval Lord from whom everything emanates. The all-pervasive feature of the Lord experienced within the manifested world is also a partial representation of the Lord. Paramatma, therefore, is included within Him. He is the absolute personality of Godhead. He has nothing to do with the actions and reactions of the material manifestation because he is far above the material creation. Darkness is a perverse representation of the sun and therefore the existence of darkness depends on the existence of the sun. But in the sun proper there is no trace of darkness. As the sun is full of light only, similarly the absolute personality of Godhead beyond the material existence is full of bliss. He is not only full of bliss but also full of transcendental variegatedness. Transcendence is not at all static but is full of dy dynamic uh, variegatedness. He is distinct from the material nature which is complicated by the three modes of material nature, 
He is Parama, or the chief. Therefore, He is absolute. He has manifold energies, and through His diverse energies, He creates, manifests, maintains, and destroys the material world. In His own abode, however, everything is eternal and absolute. The world is conducted not by the energies or powerful agents by themselves, but by the potent, all-powerful, with all energies. Text 24 And yet, though you are beyond the purview of the material energy, you execute the four principles of liberation characterized by religion and so on for the ultimate good of the conditioned souls. Purport The Personality of Godhead Sri Krishna out of His causeless mercy descends to the manifested world without being influenced by the material modes of nature. He is eternally beyond the material manifestations. He descends out of His causeless mercy only to reclaim the fallen souls who are captivated by the illusory energy. They are attacked by the material energy and they want to enjoy her under false pretexts, although in essence the living entity is unable to enjoy. One is eternally the servitor of the Lord and when he forgets this position he thinks of enjoying the material world but factually, he is an illusion. The Lord descends to eradicate this false sense of enjoyment and thus reclaim conditioned souls back to Godhead. That is the all-merciful nature of the Lord for the fallen souls. Text 25 Thus you descend as an incarnation to remove the burden of the world and to benefit your friends, especially those who are, who are your exclusive devotees and are constantly wrapped in meditation upon you. Purport It appears that the Lord is partial to His devotees. Everyone is related with the Lord. He is equal to everyone, and yet He is more inclined to His own men and devotees. The Lord is everyone's father. No one can be his father, and yet no one can be his son. His devotees are his kinsmen, and his devotees are his relations. This is his transcendental pastime. It has nothing to do with mundane ideas of relations, fatherhood, or anything like that. As mentioned above, the Lord is above the modes of material nature, and thus there is nothing mundane about his kinsmen and relations in devotional service. Text 26 O Lord of Lords, how is it that this dangerous effulgence is spreading all around? Where does it come from? I do not understand it. Purport. Anything that is presented before the personality of Godhead should be should be done should be so done after due presentation of respectful prayers. That is the standard procedure. And Sri Arjuna, although an intimate friend of the Lord, is observing this method for general information. Text twenty seven. The Supreme Personality of Godhead said, Know from me that this is the act of the son of Drona. He has thrown the hymns of nuclear energy, Brahmastra, and he does not know how to retract the glare. 
he has helplessly done this, being afraid of imminent death. Purport The Brahmastra is similar to the modern nuclear weapon manipulated by atomic energy. The atomic energy works wholly on total combustibility. And so the Brahmastra also acts. It creates an intolerable heat similar to atomic radiation. But the difference is that the atomic bomb is a gross type of nuclear weapon, whereas the Brahmastra is a subtle type of weapon produced by chanting hymns. It is a different science, and in the days gone by, such science was cultivated in the land of Bharatabharsha. The subtle science of chanting hymns is also material, but it has yet to be known by the modern material scientists. Subtle material science is not spiritual. <coughs> Excuse me. Subtle material science is not spiritual, but it has a direct relationship with the spiritual method, which is still subtler. A chanter of hymns knew how to apply the weapon as well as how to retract it. That was perfect knowledge. But the son of Dronacharya, who made use of this subtle science, did not know how to retract. He applied it, being afraid of his imminent death, and thus the practice was not only improper, but also irreligious. As the son of a Brahmana, he should not have made so many mistakes, and for such gross negligence of duty, he was to be punished by the Lord Himself. Text 28 O Arjuna, only another Brahmastra can counteract this weapon. Since you are expert in the military science, subdue this weapon's glare with the power of your own weapon. Purport For the atomic bombs, there is no counter-weapon to neutralize the effects. But by subtle science, the action of a Brahmastra can be counteracted, and those who were expert in the military science in those days could counteract the Brahmastra. The son of Dronacharya did not know the art of counteracting the weapon, and therefore Arjuna was asked to counteract it by the power of his own weapon. Text 29 Sri Sutta Goswami said, Hearing this from the Personality of Godhead, Arjuna touched water for purification, and after circumambulating Lord Sri Krishna, he cast his Brahmastra weapon to counteract the other one. Text 30 When the rays of the two Brahmastras combined, a great circle of fire like the disk of the sun, covered all outer space and the whole firmament, firmament of planets. Purport The heat created by the flash of a Brahmastra resembles the fire exhibited in the sun globe at the time of cosmic annihilation. The radiation of atomic energy is very insignificant in comparison to the heat produced by a Brahmastra. The atomic bomb explosion can at utmost blow up one globe, but the heat produced by the Brahmastra can destroy the whole cosmic situation. The comparison is therefore made to the heat at the time of annihilation. Text 31 As the all the population of the three worlds was scorched by the combined heat of the weapons. Everyone was reminded of the Samvartaka fire, which takes place at the time of annihilation. Purport The three worlds are the upper, lower, and intermediate planets of the universe. Although the Brahmastra 
was released on this earth, the heat produced by the combination of both weapons covered all the universe, and all the populations on all the different planets began to feel the heat excessively and compared it to that of the Sambhartaka fire. No planet, therefore, is without living beings as less intelligent materialistic men think. Text 32. <clears throat> Thus seeing the disturbance of the general populace and the imminent destruction of the planets, Arjuna at once retracted both Brahmastra weapons as Lord Sri Krishna desired. Purport. The theory that the modern atomic bomb explosions can annihilate the world is childish imagination. First of all, the atomic energy is not powerful enough to destroy the world. And secondly, ultimately it all rests on the supreme will of the Supreme Lord, because without His will or sanction, nothing can be built up or destroyed. It is foolish also to think that natural laws are ultimately powerful. Material nature's, laws, material nature's law works under the direction of the Lord, as confirmed in the Bhagavad Gita. The Lord says there that natural laws work under His supervision. The world can be destroyed only by the will of the Lord and not by the whims of tiny politicians. Lord Sri Krishna desired that the weapons released by both Droni and Arjuna be withdrawn and it was carried out by Arjuna at once. Similarly, there are many agents of the all-powerful Lord and simply by His will one can execute what He desires. Text 33 Arjuna, his eyes blazing in anger like two red balls of copper, dexterously arrested the son of Gotami and bound him with ropes like an animal. Purport Ashwatthama's mother, Kripi, was born in the family of Gotama. The significant point in this shloka is that Ashwatthama was caught and bound up with ropes like an animal. According to Sridhar Swami, Arjuna was obliged to catch this son of a brahmana like an animal as a part of his duty, dharma. This suggestion by Sridhar Swami is confirmed in the later statement by Lord Sri Krishna. The later statement of Sri Krishna. Ashwatthama was a bona fide son of Dronacharya and Kripi, but because he had degraded himself to a lower status of life, it was proper to treat him as an animal and not as a Brahmana. Text 34 After binding Ashwatthama, Arjuna wanted to take him to the military camp. The Personality of Godhead, Sri Krishna, looking on with his lotus eyes, spoke to Arjuna in an angry mood. Purport Both Arjuna and Lord Sri Krishna are described here as being in an angry mood. But Arjuna's reds, but Arjuna's eyes were like balls of red copper, whereas the eyes of the Lord were like lotuses. This means that the angry mood of Arjuna and that of the Lord are not on the same level. The Lord is transcendence, and thus He is absolute in any stage. His anger is not like the anger of a conditioned living being within the modes of qualitative material nature. Because He is absolute, both His anger and pleasure are the same. His anger is not exhibited 
in the three modes of material nature. It is only a sign of his bent of mind towards the cause of his devotee, because that is his transcendental nature. Therefore, even if he is angry, the object of anger is blessed. He is unchanged in all circumstances. Text 35 Lord Sri Krishna said, O Arjuna, you should not show mercy by releasing this relative of a Brahmana, Brahmabandhu, for he has killed innocent boys in their sleep. Purport The word Brahmabandhu is significant. A person who happens to take birth in the family of a Brahmana but is not qualified to be called a Brahmana is addressed as the relative of a Brahmana and not as a Brahmana. One does not become a high court judge just by virtue of being the son of a high court judge. But there is no harm in addressing a high court judge's son as a relative of the honorable justice. Therefore, as one becomes a high court judge not by birth only, but by acquiring the necessary qualifications of a high court judge, so also one becomes a brahmana, not simply by birthright, but by acquiring the necessary qualifications of a brahmana. As a high court judge, as a high court judgeship, is a post for the qualified man. So also the post of a brahmana is attainable by qualification only. The shastra enjoins that if good qualifications are seen in a person born in a family other than that of a Brahmana, the qualified man has to be accepted as a Brahmana. And similarly, if a person born in the family of a Brahmana is void of Brahminical qualification, then he must be treated as a non-Brahmana or, in better terms, a relative of a Brahmana. Lord Sri Krishna, the supreme authority of all religious principles, the Vedas, has personally pointed out these differences and he is about to explain the reason for this in the following shlokas. And it's 7.46. So we're going to stop the reading tonight. Hare Krishna. Glories to the Srimad Bhagavatam and try to coax the attendant sages, the assembly of sages, um, into giving us their um, reflections, uh, discussions of points that stood out uh, as the reading went on in their minds. Hare Krishna. And tomorrow night we will start with text 36. Hare Krishna. The suspense is killing me. Okay. Abaya has the microphone and he's about ready to pour out the nectar. Go ahead. First, this is from Gopakanya Devi Dasi. Gopakanya Devi Dasi. She's always the first out of the block. Hare Krishna, dear Maharaj, and all assembled devotees. Jaya Srila Prabhupada. Jaya Srila Prabhupada, thank you very much. You're steady and your statements every night are solidifying. Thank you. From Rati Manjari. Hari Bo Rati. She says, Jai Guru Maharaj. Hari Krishna. The perfect part of the evening commences. Hmm. Hmm. 
That's it. So far. I already have one. I know, but you were, I thought maybe you were going to hand it to. Uh, I was. Okay, I can go later. Doyle Moore is here and he's going to grace us with his reflections. Hare Krishna. Hare Krishna. Thank you for that uh, introduction, Marsh. So let me see. There's so many things to speak about here, but you did ask what things stood out for me individually. So I, based upon that guideline, I will attempt to speak. What, what stuck out for me was I could not help but think of what's to come in this pastime, how it develops and so forth. and. Mm. The, the, how they deal with Ashvatthama because as we know as we'll read in these verses coming up that he broke all the rules I mean what I love about Bhagavatam is it all the examples are very extreme nobody mm. can say that my situation is different my situation is worse no, no there's no examples more extreme than you get in Bhagavatam and the situation of Arjuna on the battlefield and so forth so but what is very interesting is that there is seems to be polarization taking place on one side you have Bhima and Krishna encouraging the death of Ashvatthama on the other side you have Draupadi um, being soft-hearted doesn't want to see the death of Ashvatthama and Arjuna is leaning that way but he has to come to some kind of agreement where everybody will be satisfied everybody has to be satisfied and it has to be satisfactory on the material level on the, on, on the spiritual level on the emotional level uh, and I find it fascinating because although Ashvatthama is declared a Dujabandu, <coughs> uh, just a you know a friend of the twice born, not even a real Brahmana, but still because he holds that position in society, it's decided that he shouldn't be killed. And I just find find it very interesting. But this level of culture, where even if somebody does something terribly wrong, given that what the their the, the status in society it would be considered improper for them to be treated very harshly so therefore an alternative is always tried to be sought and it's just so interesting how in the in the contemporary era it's really sometimes quite the opposite we're very quick to punish people in high spiritual office or very quick to try to to, 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 to punish people we feel have done something very very wrong whereas Arjuna is showing the example how He's willing to find a solution that satisfies everybody and everybody's willing to be satisfied. So that, that cultural element for me, um, for some reason today, was very poignant. Yes, very good. Thank you so much. That leads to you know, the discussion of uh, You can't make things up. So, Krishna was the one that told Arjuna that you have to satisfy both. And Arjuna was so intelligent, given that intelligence by Krishna, that he remembered that uh, there's a way to deal with the Brahmabandhu who's done something so heinous as this. It's in the Shastra. It wasn't just because, you know, he's creative and this and that. Everything is in the Shastra. We don't have to make anything up. We don't have to manufacture anything ourselves. And then and there it is said that the way to do that is to disfigure him and take his property and exile him from human society. And that's what they did. And the power of the reformatory methods such as that are, are so great that in the future when Ashwatthama atones by doing this, when 
by going through this, he actually becomes a, an exalted person in a future, uh, in, in the future. I don't remember exactly what he becomes. Do you remember? Maybe it's Vyasadev, maybe it's Vyasadev, maybe it's Manu or something. Some very exalted position he will attain in the future. Which is to your point, that the soul is never actually degraded. You know, the modes of nature cover the soul, and the modes of nature what cause the degradation. But the happiness and the suffering, as Bhagavad Gita points out, are caused by the soul. Because it's the soul who is sentient. He experiences these things. So, yeah. Like you said, the Bhagavatam is so extreme, but the, but the solutions are always simple and clear rather than solutions that are, you know, suggested and then make more complications and more complications and more complications. Now we see the world, what's going on today. It's, we, we read this article that was sent to me by Shivaram Maharaj before we took, took dinner together. And it was a, kind of like a, it was kind of like a chronicle of things that are going wrong in America and all the different statistics that are bearing it out, how degraded everyone is becoming and how hateful they're becoming of one another, almost by nature. And this is, there's only one place this can go. That's in disaster. And eventually it will come to dictatorship because human beings can only take so much of this. And then they'll need to have some authority come and say, no, it's like this, and they'll all have to fall in line. That's what it'll come to. So democracy is shaking in its boots right now. Because it is made up. But the, the Vedic truths are eternal and all-powerful. Therefore, when the solutions are called from the Vedas, they're effective. Therefore, you know, I can't help but apply this to our present situation where large numbers of devotees are becoming dissatisfied, thinking that the books were edited in the wrong way or whatever, when in fact the only way you can edit Prabhupada's books is through the authority of Srila Prabhupada, which was done, which was done, you know. Just before he left, he wanted a, a review of all of his books made and corrections made so that they, for future, future printings they would be correct. He didn't want any mistakes in his books, you know. And those of us who have experienced editing know that that many pages to go through and make them as perfect as possible, as correct as possible, that's a big deal. It took us five years to edit the Bhagavad Bhagavatamrita. Five years. Three little three volumes. All of Prabhupada's books is gonna take the amount of time it's taken. Now we're just coming to the kind of point. So I think that the principle behind all of this confusion is a lack of, a loss of faith in authority. They don't know what authority is. They don't know where it's coming from. They've forgotten. They have lost their faith in scripture, revealed scripture, and therefore chaos is ensued. Hare Krishna. So these audio books would be a good way of reestablishing the devotion. Oh, may your words come true. May your words come true. So be it. Because when you hear these books, we're reading these books out loud for the last four years almost. You know, more than a thousand, a thousand one hundred videos of Prabhupada's books just being read straight. Notice we don't stop during the reading. I'm tempted many times to make comments along the way, but it would it would clutter Prabhupada's train of thought 
And when we just stick to Prabhupada's train of thought long enough, then the reflections that come out are like miraculous, wonderful, I think. Is it? No, you're, you're confirming. You're, you're confirming. You're our honored guest taking on a very heavy and difficult service for Prabhupada, especially in his flagship temple. It's all by your mercy. Hare Krishna. Okay, we better move on quick before this degrades into something. That's <laughs> Hare Krishna. Subarao Raja Gopal. Subarao Raja Gopal. Hare Krishna. Hare Krishna Maharaj, please accept my humble obeisances and all glories to Sri the Prabhupada. Thank you for reading the Grantaraj Srimad Bhagavatam. The pleasure is all mine. It's a pleasure. It's not a, it's not an effort at all. It's effortless. Ecstatic. Hare Krishna. From Amara Devi Dasi. Hare Krishna Amara Devi Dasi. Hare Krishna Maharaj, please accept my respectful obeisances. All glories to Sri the Prabhupada. Even at the time of such extreme emergency, Arjuna's first offering prayers to Lord Krishna speaks volumes about his being situated in the mode of pure goodness. Yes. Hare exactly. Krishna. Exactly. And it, it, as an example to us, it shows us how we should act. You know, when we approach Krishna, and the Bhagavatam says you should approach Krishna no matter who you are, no matter what you're asking for. You know, akama sarva kama va moksha karma udharadi tivrina bhakti yogina. So, but, but to approach Krishna, you must do it in a way that's acceptable. And Arjuna does that by offering prayers first, proper prayers, to make the Lord receptive. Next, Hare Krishna. From Bhakta Jason. Bhakta Jason, Hare Krishna. Hare Krishna. Dallas, I think. Please accept my humble obeisances, all glories to Sri the Prabhupada. What stuck out to me was how Krishna's eyes remained as lotuses even though he was angry. <laughs> nice one. Arjuna's eyes were red like fire. Therefore, Krishna is always beautiful. Hare Krishna. Hare Krishna. Very nice. That was a very nice reflection. Thank you. There's that one verse in the beginning of the Bhagavad Gita where Krishna says to Arjuna while he's smiling, you know, he's smiling, but he's going to chastise Arjun, but he sees everything fully. Yeah. He's never unhappy. Bhaktarupa. Haribo Bhaktarupa. Hare Krishna. Hare Krishna Maharaj, thanks for reading this evening. This would make an epic movie. The Ring of Fire caused by Brahmastras sounds truly epic. Goranga Gopal would love to dovetail his movie-watching propensity in such a film. <laughs> so let's pray someone will make it for him. <laughs> Hare Krishna. Hare Krishna. So be it. And from Daitari Hari. Haribo Daitari Hari. Hare Krishna Maharaj, thank you for another wonderful reading. I really found the point interesting tonight about how conditioned souls are attacked by the material energy but that they want to enjoy her under false pretenses. Mm. It's interesting that we as conditioned souls are constantly scheming different types of enjoyment mm. in the same atmosphere that we're simultaneously being beaten up in. Exactly. M modes are so much more powerful than we are. Maya can make 
Maya is so strong that she can make any one of us think anything at any time. That's her power. But then the Shastra says that if we actually surrender fully to Krishna exclusively, then she becomes our maidservant. And she's there to help us in any way that she can. And that's the solution to all problems. If individually we surrender to Krishna exclusively, and the world eventually surrenders to Krishna exclusively, then all the problems of the world will be finished. Anyway, it's Kali Yuga, and the Bhagavatam explains what's going to happen. And it's not that we're going to be able to change eternally, you know, the material world into the spiritual world. No. But we can stave it off and bring as many people as we can back to the spiritual world in the process. And then at the end of the Kali Yuga, Krishna will come himself and, and solve all the problems by eliminating all of the, you know, super degraded animalistic human beings and starting up the Satya Yuga again. Hare Krishna. And so it goes eternally. From Rati Manjari. Haribo Rati. Dear Guru Maharaj, please accept my humble obeisances. Thank you for reading this exciting story to us. I cannot imagine how Draupadi could survive the murder of all her five sons. Truly a horrendous affair. And then be so broad-minded as to forgive the murderer on the spot. What an exalted lady. Yes. Exalted Vaishnavi. She was beyond being a lady, actually. She was a very exalted Vaishnavi. Not an ordinary woman. Pure devotee of Krishna. So whatever kind of body we're in, if we become fully Krishna conscious, then we are elevated and can... Uh, uh, what is that? Sarvagatim. Sarvagatim. We can... We can attain the goal, the, the supreme goal of life. No limitations. Hare Krishna. She also had a question. Hmm. I was wondering if it is known whether Draupadi mothered any other children by the Pandavas after this. No, she didn't. We know that she didn't. And from Anandamurti Devi Dasi. Dear Guru Maharaj and all assembled devotees, please accept my humble obeisances. All glories to Srila Prabhupada. Today I got great relief to know the description of the Lord Sri Krishna after this three world comes to the worst condition. Draupadi was in great grief, but the Lord Sri Krishna knows everything, and his eyes are like the lotus eyes, even though the Lord is angry. Even Krishna is angry to Ashwatthama. Srila Prabhupada explains that the Lord's anger and his pleasure are the same, and the Lord bestows mercy to anyone who gets the attention of the Lord. Yes. How the Lord Krishna is so kind to everyone. Hare Krishna, thank you so much. Thank you, Nandamurti, very nice. This is what you get when you dedicate your life to editing Srila Prabhupada's books and distributing them like you do. Please continue forever. Hare Krishna. And from Daitari Hari. Haribo Daitari Hari. On that point, it's interesting that we see ourselves being beaten up by the very means we're trying to enjoy <laughs> and we get captivated by illusions we don't necessarily want to be in but feel ourselves being dragged by them. It, it really demonstrates our tiny position in relation to the material energy. Is the, most, is the humble prayer for Krishna's mercy the most effective way to be empowered to control the mind? 
Krishna's mercy is the only way. Receiving Krishna's mercy is the only way to be able to control the mind. This is the answer that Krishna gives Arjuna in the Bhagavad Gita. Just fix your mind upon me. But there are other uh, avenues that one can take in order to bring us to that state. So it's not mechanical. It's not the same for everyone. Everyone's different. Everyone's on a different level of spiritual attainment. And therefore, uh, they may have to, to come to it more gradually. Some may be able to come to it immediately. But Lord Chaitanya's program is to take it immediately. That's the mercy of Lord Chaitanya, special mercy of Lord Chaitanya. So therefore in the Gita, in chapter 12, the analysis of devotional service, uh, there's a group of verses from 8 to, to 11, I think, 8 to 11 or 8 to 12, where it's described that the goal is to fix one's mind on Krishna without deviation. That means without the mind moving to any other subject. And if we can't do that, then we're, we're, we should follow the regulated principles of bhakti yoga. If we can't do that, Krishna says, then just try to work for Krishna. Because by working for Krishna, you'll desire, you'll, you'll develop, the desire will awaken within you uh, to please Krishna, to want to go towards Krishna. And if you can't even do that for some reason, some social, familial, political, or whatever reason, then just try to give up the, the, the fruits of the work, the, the attachment to the fruits of one's labor, and try to be self-situated, give in charity, you know, that kind of thing. And if you can't do that, then cultivate knowledge. Knowledge means vidya. There's two, two divisions of knowledge in in the material world, vidya and avidya. Avidya is takes us away from Krishna, and vidya takes us toward Krishna. So if we cultivate knowledge honestly, then we will eventually come to the point of contemplating the knowledge. Therefore, Krishna says, better than the, the, the cultivation of knowledge is to contemplate the knowledge. And better than that is to abandon the fruits of the of attachment to the fruits because by that way you can attain peace of mind and without peace of mind you can't go forward a step so all these this path everyone fits into that path somewhere all pious people fit into that path somewhere but it is meant to be taken to the conclusion of surrendering oneself fully to Krishna and then 13 through 20, you know, the same chapter, Krishna explains how we're supposed to think and feel and will and act in order to please Krishna. Krishna explains himself what's pleasing to him, to be, not, to be undisturbed and happy in, dis in distress, fame and infamy and all those things. To, to not treat enemies like enemies, but to treat them equally and so many other wonderful devotional qualities. So it's up to us to apply these instructions into our character, into our own character. Uh, and according to how Krishna reciprocates with us, then we can uh, maintain our equilibrium and those exalted qualities, even while we're in the thick of spreading Krishna consciousness in which situations will arise in which we are confronted with all kinds of inauspicity. Hare Krishna. Goranga Gopal. Hare Bhagavad Gopal. Hare Krishna Maharaj, please accept my humble obeisances. All glories to Sri Prabhupada. This pastime is so amazing. Uh, sorry, this pastime is so amazing. And it concludes the battle of Kurukshetra in such a dramatic and epic way. Arjuna and Ashwatthama were very dear friends, but these 18 days of terrible battle made Ashwatthama totally lose his mind. We can see how he, 
who doesn't take shelter of Krishna degraded himself so much. Mm. But Arjuna, taking shelter of Krishna at all times, keeps it cool mm. and even finds time to offer very beautiful prayers to Krishna in literally the heat of the battle. Mm. It shows that if we take shelter of Krishna, even if we are in the most degraded environment, we will always get out victorious. Wonderful reflection. Thank you so much. Thank you very much. And now, although I'm sure that there are more, but I'm going to have to cut us off now because I'm finding out that if it goes over a certain amount of time, it's very difficult to download it onto the, uh, to the YouTube. It takes hours and hours and hours. So I'm going to stop here, and I thank our honored guest for being here and starting us off in that wonderful way. And uh, we pray that he comes back again and again. How do you know he's here? Well, you just, you got a standing invitation. A standing invitation. Hare Krishna. Okay, and all of you out there in cyberspace, thank you so much. And for those who, who we didn't read out their reflections, please forgive us. But now we have to go. Srimad Bhagavatam ki jai. Samabeda Bhakta Brinda ki jai. Gaur Premanandi Hari Hari Bo. See you tomorrow night, same time, same place, same topic. The ever expanding, ever blissful, ever juicy, profound knowledge unfolding the Srimad Bhagavatam. See you tomorrow. Hari Krishna.